Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. One of the things I love most at the beginning of a year are lists of trends. Because no matter how well briefed we are, no matter how clever we think we are, no matter how clever our friends are, we all need briefings. So we need to know what the trends are so that we can get ahead of the wave. And I was reading quite an interesting article. In fact, I thought it was really, really interesting um, by the editor of The World, which is an international publication. And immediately I picked up the phone to Dion Chang, who is just around the corner from us. And he is Mr. Flux Trends. And he has got six key trend pillars. So we decided to put these two lists together and see if we can we can make whoopee. So Dion Chang, welcome to Kai FM right at the beginning of the year. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, well, I think it's going to be a whoopee year. <laughs> well, it's going so to be... It, it's going to be a something year, I can tell you already. I mean, it's got all the hallmarks, hasn't it? Yes. Um, you know, I hate to um, you know, uh, rain on everybody's uh, New Year, New Me parade, um, but I, I kind of, uh, if you see the, the world through my lens and, and the six pillars that we, we've uh, researched, um, there's a, a more of the same of 2020 coming along, but there are some very, very interesting shifts within those sort of undercurrents and things. All right. So, well, let's talk about those shifts because, you know, time time moves on and um, and I want to get this all down and ready to rock and roll. So the six key trend pillars, did you find any similarities with this other trend list that I've got from the world, which I did think was interesting? Yes. No, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of um, overlap and dovetailing. Um, and just for the listeners, just to clarify, the, the six pillars that we talk about um, at Flux, we use the acronym TRENDS. So T-R-E-N-D-S, and those stand for uh, technology, uh, retail, the state of the economy, uh, the natural world, diplomacy, and social and cultural trends. So it's, um, we're actually only releasing this on the 2nd of, uh, of, of February. So this is a snapshot and an executive summary um, of what people can expect of uh, what the year ahead is and just where where the world really, really is. So, um, yeah, take your pick. It's a, pick a card. <laughs> pick one of the six cards and we can we can delve right into those. All right. Well, I, I want to just pick up on the very first one from the world. Um, and it, it loosely fits into technology, but not so much. And it's fights over vaccines. And I can already see on the horizon fights over vaccines. Yes. So, um, you know, we, we just did a, a prelim release and, and we, we put that under a, a diplomacy um, pillar right. um, because it was about uh, that talks were in 2020 when people were starting to say, OK, when we get the vaccine, what do we do? And it was dubbed vaccine diplomacy. So everybody was playing nice to, with each other. And that really very quickly, and we can see what's happened now, mm. has moved into vaccine nationalism. So everybody's sort of hoarding their, uh, you know, vaccines. So, so much for singing Kumbaya for the rest of the world, and everybody's going to, you know, share the vaccines. Um, you know, it's rich countries against poor countries. And even though we have, we are part of that COVAX alliance, um, we're still going to be at the end of the queue to to, to do that. And you, you see the different countries, uh, obviously more developed countries and wealthy countries, um, that have got you know almost a surplus. They can kind of do the entire population and still have some counting, um, and yet we're still waiting for 
for the first million to to kind of hit our shores and then roll out from there. Yeah, I mean, I see massive problems ahead with that, really massive problems. Um, let's, especially when you're disorganized, which I think we are, but but that will unfold. Let's, and, let's... Um, Jenny, just uh, before you go on, and the, yeah. the other dangerous thing, and I think people should be, you know, really wary about that, is also um, it's already de- developing on the dark web, is sort of the, the black market of vaccines as well. So, you know, people are pushing or selling vaccines in the black market. So it's going to get very, very complex and, and rather ugly, I think, this year. Yes, and then, of course, then they're going to be fa- fake vaccines um, yes. because that yes, is yes. that is an, an, an inevitable sort of follow-up. So let's start at the... Dion, let's start at the beginning because one of the, th- the key things that we have learned from 2020 is technology and how we've leapfrogged somehow or other um, sort of five, ten years in advance, and that is also yes. one of your one of your trends. Yes, so um, it's sort of widely, um, you know, agreed upon that we'd, we'd accelerated about five years in one year last year, um, and it was not only technologies, but it was also just sort of concepts. So just the entire, you know, flexible uh, breaking out of that nine to five, which I've been, uh, you know, going on about for uh, quite a few years. Um, suddenly became a reality for a lot of companies. But I think what's interesting that is in tandem with um, the technology is the emergence of a contactless economy. So more and more and more, we've just sort of seen how we don't or we forced not to to engage with each other or your shopping is online. Everything's started to become this contactless world that we have. And within that, um, you know, in this this, uh, presentation that I'm building at the moment, um, you, you'll start seeing that um, robotics specifically has become really normalized. So, you know, just a couple of years ago, you know, we thought we'd see these humanoid robots going uh, around the place. But um, what I've put, you know, into, into this is um, not only so there's uh, medical robots, there are kind of lifestyle concierge type robots, and then there's service robots. Um, and, and some of them do look like uh, humanoids. But then there are other ones that are very unobtrusive that just, you know, look like, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, they look like R2-D2. So um, they, they're just becoming more commonplace. And um, it, it's, it fascinates me that even two years ago, um, you know, you talk about robotics, it was sort of seen as this uh, far off future. And now it's, it's quite, <clears throat> it's quite, it's going to be quite normal um, to be having, you know, a, a telepresence, robot, which is what they actually have um, in, in South Africa um, at Tigerberg Hospital, uh, you know, was this, this telepresence robot that came into a ward where families couldn't see it and you could connect um, a patient with their families, um, you know, during this, this really, really stressful time. So um, that's, a, that's a really, really interesting one. And the other one that we've just put a flag, because in each of these pillars, we also put a little bellwether of what's happening. And one of the bellwethers was um, the fact that um, in Orlando, Florida, they've broken ground um, for one of the world's first, they call them vertiports. So um, I've been going to conferences around the world when one could travel um, to look at the future of urban air mobility. And um, in uh, layman's terms, this is re- literally a flying taxi or a passenger drone um, that takes about three or uh, three passengers, one, one pilot, and it's for short distances. Um, and it's been remarkable that while we've been focused on the, um, the pandemic, 
Um, Spain has introduced their system of how they're going to do it, and they're going to unroll it in 2022, Japan 2023, South Korea 2025. Um, but the fact that they've actually built, uh, are going to build this port, this heliport, vertiport, um, specifically for drone, uh, passenger drones, um, is quite remarkable. So, um, you know, the, the future is closer than you think. So, in other words, it's, a, it, it's an Uber of the sky. Yes. And, um, you know, people say, well, you know, that's, uh, um, it's, it's sort of unsafe. And actually, the drone technology is safer, you know, in the, the airspace is easier to manage than ground space. Um, so if you think about it, um, if, uh, you know, people say, well, that, what's, that, what's that going to be useful for us? If you look at the African continent, um, a place like Namibia with vast spaces and, and you know, people trying to get to farms in, in long distances, mm. um, people trying to just do a smaller commute in Lagos during that nightmare uh, you know, Russia traffic, all of those kind of things. Um, passenger drones are actually going to make quite a lot of sense. And, and you have various companies uh, doing their versions. And if a, if a company like Airbus is not doing one but three different versions of their passenger drones, then you know that uh, why would they put so much money into something that is not really going to, well, excuse the pun, to fly. But um, you've got a serious money going into into urban air mobility, and that's the generic term for it. All right. Well, let's look at, an, uh, at another pillar. And I am fascinated with what is going to happen to the world of work, because although um, everybody I know is working very comfortably and successfully from home and uh, and having Skype meetings or having Zoom meetings and uh, and saving huge amounts of money in terms of rental and, and all of that, but with the more staid companies, is this really going to be the future or are we going to go backwards? Because I do see it as going backwards with, with you know, 150 people on one floor and, you know, everybody got their own desk, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think the biggest shift that happened in 2020 was separating um, the concept of work and place of work. And they, they're not uh, the same thing. Uh, we've discovered it's not the same thing. Um, so, you know, having said that, I don't think I don't think we, we will really return uh, to to that full time clocking in nine to five. And I'm very, very um, thankful for that because mm. I just think it's a it's a quaint relic of the 20th century. Mm. Um, but what is interesting is um, the sort of the economic ripple effect of just that work from home. So um, you've got this this. Uh, this word that they put together called semigration. So, so it's not you're not migrating somewhere, but you're moving to um, a different town or or a, a, a further flung suburb because there's more space. Um, there's there's been a shift already to to second tier cities, what they call second tier cities um, in South Africa. That would be you know like a, a East London or a PE, a smaller city, more affordable, uh, and you can commute and you can work from home. But what is interesting is that there's murmurings in um, in Europe about a work from home tax. Now that's really interesting because uh, this was um, uh, brought about by the Deutsche Bank, and they said, well, you know, if we have to rebuild these kind of things, there's reduced costs and everything like that. So if an employer wants to to uh, you know stay at home and work there, maybe they should start proposing this work from home tax. So we're getting. Um, into quite complex uh, sort of new economic models. But in terms of lifestyles as well, uh, what I found really funny was um, while we can work from home and a lot of people are happy about it, um, the prospect, well, this is specific for how I start my year, the prospect of sitting at the same desk 
um, on the same chair and staring into the same screen for another 10 months mm. um, just made me want to, you know, scream and, and tear my hair out. Mm. But um, strange little lifestyle things are happening. So there's a, a thing bubbling up. I mean, it's not a huge trend, but it's just a, it's a humorous one about a fake commute. So um, in order for you to just kind of, uh, if you miss the office and, 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 and it actually makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, you know, if you're driving into the office, there is that transition time from home to work and then work from home and you kind of break it with that. Um, you know, just getting up and closing your laptop and then going to the kitchen and, and having supper is, 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 not, is not an ideal thing for your mental health state. Um, so you've got these fake commutes, you've got uh, new things. A lot of countries are offering digital nomad visas. So they're saying, come and work in our country because you can work remotely. Um, and then the concept of uh, workations uh, started uh, bubbling up last year. Um, if you're really, really tired and you've got cabin fever is just go someplace else with uh, Wi-Fi and change the scenery. And it's not a complete vacation, but it's a workation. So um, a lot of things happening around, uh, around this concept. Dion, I noticed at not the last Black Friday, but the Friday before, and we were, I think, under lockdown at that stage or almost under lockdown at that stage, uh, that companies like Superbalist were offering, well, I mean, it was, it was nonstop and, uh, and Yuppie Chef and, uh, and other companies that I hadn't even heard of. And I've become quite used to shopping online. What is this going to do? This falls under technology. I mean, there's a, there's a a wonderful thing that you talk about, uh, H&M, which is a store that I enjoy, um, has installed a circular economy machine. Just explain what this is all about. Okay, so um, just on, firstly on the on the migration online, you know, psychologists say it takes you 21 days to, to form a new habit. Well, we've had 10 months of it, so it's going to be really, really entrenched. And if we've got another uh, you know, hopefully not, but another 10 months ahead of us of, of the same kind of thing. Um, that's, you know, if you've, if you've gotten used to, if you've never done online grocery shopping, you've gotten used to that, um, then it's just going to become second nature. So, so there is going to be a big migration for that. Over, overlapping this, it's, it's an interesting dovetail. So I always remind people to, to look at 2019 of what, what was happening in 2019 to pick up uh, for trends in 2021, because 2020, we're kind of not going to remember much. You, Your brain creates memories out of new experiences. And if you've not had a new experience for 10 months and you've been in the same room, then <clears throat> it's just going to be a blur. But one of the things that was reaching a tipping point was sustainability. And um, we've called it closing, in terms of retail, closing the green gap. So the circular economy for, for the listeners um, who haven't come across it is um, it's a closed system where you don't um, put new materials or new um, uh, you know, fabrics, uh, whatever you need to do, into the process. So the, the machine that you're talking about at H&M um, is, is just in a flagship, but it's, it's, a, it's a big, bold, uh, reputational step for the brand to say we are looking at sustainability. So the circular economy machine that they put there is you, if you have an H&M art, outfit or that you wanted to get rid of, you, instead of just um, throwing it away and, and it lands up in a landfill, you take it into store. It literally shreds the garment into fiber and the fibers are rewoven into a thread and that thread is then made and uh, knitted into a, a garment. So it's quite a limited, uh, for this machine, limited uh, usage, but you could take in a, a dress or a T-shirt and out would spit a new scarf, another new T-shirt or whatever. And that's a circular economy. And you're starting to see this happen in um, specifically home care and uh, you know, personal goods. 
Um, there's a wonderful experiment that started in 2019 called Loop, and they went to all of the big, um, you know, uh, suppliers, so your Procter & Gamble's, Unilever's, uh, Record Bank Teasers, and they said, join us in this journey to, to reduce single use plastic so it's a it's a replenishment uh, model so mm-hmm. you you order your you know, dishwasher your this um i mean they've even got um hagen dust ice cream on on their on their on their list as well they will deliver those in um branded uh containers uh, from the different brands and then when you finish instead of throwing it out you just phone loop again and you say can you replenish my washing powder this uh, whatever and they will come and collect those are uh, the, the containers and then give you that thing. And you're seeing this happen more and more and more. And I think 2020 is when this, this tipping point will happen, um, where we are starting to understand a circular economy and make sure that we don't um, start using more new plastics or, or, or more materials that we don't need. And we just use what we have been using and recycle, upcycle and, and, and keep using it um, and that's a, a circular economy in essence. All right, we're going to take a short break and uh, back with you in just a second. If you've just tuned in, of course, you're listening to KFM. I am chatting to Dion Chang about the major trends for 2021. Saturdays with Jenny. Back again, and Dion Chang is there. We're talking trends. We're talking the top trends or the major trends, I suppose. Dion calls them pillars. And uh, Dion, you've got a presentation coming up, haven't you? Yes, um, we we released this. It's uh, it's um, our version of this, the 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 state of the nation, uh, as you will. It's called the state we're in. We do it at the beginning of every year, and so we're actually um, revealing and launching all of this on a virtual event on the second of February. Um, so so all will be revealed uh, at at that uh, session. But these are just sort of tasters of of what we've been researching and picking up, and it's a snapshot of of, of what's to come this year. All right. So if people want to come along to that full on presentation, how do they do it? Um, just go to our website, uh, www.fluxtrends.com, and uh, it's called an open session because uh, most of our research is for clients, and, and these open sessions are our only public events where we actually release all of the, the research to um, in, in a public space so people can, can access that as well. Well, listen, before, before you rush off um, into the brave new world of um, 2021, let's have a look at the natural world and uh, you calling it uh, zoonotics and fossil fuel pariahs. I'm just seeing everything melting around us. And I think it is one of, you know, I see that COVID is not going to last forever. But this climate change, I think, is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, just to follow on from that, you know, COVID might not last forever, but um, everybody is kind of bracing themselves because uh, this is not the last pandemic that exactly. we, we're going to you know, experience. And um, it's, it's, uh, there's been a, you know, people been shouting out about it, you know, your David Attenborough's uh, for, for a long time, but, um, you know, we, the, the frequency of these, um, uh, diseases that, that jump from the animal world to humans, which is zoonosis or, or zoonotics, um, is becoming more and more frequent. And if you even go, you know, back in history, your HIV virus, all of those things jumped from the animal kingdom. And mm. uh, what they're saying, the reason why they're saying it's going to become more frequent is that we are starting to really encroach upon the natural world, uh, urbanization, deforestation, all of those kind of things. And we are coming into closer and closer and closer proximity with the animal kingdom. And we need to really balance that out. And we've seen what the the, the, the dreadful 
uh, you know, fallout with that uh, has been. But linked to that um, is is the climate change. And it's very interesting that um, uh, Lancet, there was a Lancet report that came out late last year that actually says they would like to position or they're urging um, health authorities to position climate change as an urgent health risk. And that was really interesting because um, you, you've you got things like uh, last year, there was also they tied the the death of a nine-year-old girl in the UK. Yes. It's the first time they've actually tied the death of that to what they call ambient pollution. Mm. Um, and it's sort of carbon emissions, all of those kind of things. But uh, one of the bellwethers for, for sustainability and, and just where we're going and just a snapshot of, well, how remarkable and how crazy the world is, um, a young 25-year-old Australian man um, sued his super fund um, uh, and he said they did not manage the risks of climate change in his in investment portfolio. So um, the remarkable thing is he won his case. So that's why we're calling them fossil fuel pariahs because um, any company that is sort of dealing with uh, fossil fuels or extraction of fossil fuels are really, really in the in in the the, the crosshairs because uh, even a publication like the Guardian in the UK um, actually sent out a release saying they will no longer accept any advertising from any companies that uh, are dealing or extracting in fossil fuels. So that's quite a remarkable, um, you know, step of of what uh, when climate change goes from the environmental sort of uh, sector into the financial sector, mm -hmm. there is where, you know, the, the money talks and the money hurts if you if you hit that and and it's starting to hit investment firms, big business, all of those kind of things. So uh, it, I, it, it will reach that tipping point. It really is. It really is um, extraordinary what is what is happening. And I wouldn't invest a penny in anything that was uh, fossil fuels. And I think South Africa needs to think this thing through very, very carefully because we're so stubborn um, about uh, staying with coal. But anyway, that's a that's another discussion. Dion, I think I found this absolutely absorbing. I love it. And uh, and I think the flux trends or the flux report and um, and all of the pillars I find really, really absorbing. People can um, obviously they can uh, go online and they can see what we've been speaking about, but they can go and and register for um, for your full on presentation. Yes, it's a, it's just a quick hour. It's a you know, four o'clock to five o'clock, and um, yeah, it's a it's a brain food buffet because it really shows you uh, where you are. And just a, a last little hint is we're going to take people into seeing what life is in the metaverse, which is uh, just kind of moving into cyberspace. And uh, you know, the the e-commerce is so twenty sixteen. Uh, we're now moving into v-commerce, which is a virtual economy that's coming through. But We'll explore and ex unpack that on a second. Dion Chang, thank you very, very much indeed for joining us. Thanks, Jenny. Saturdays with Jenny, every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.